27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com. And we've had a little bit of a change in our schedule today. We've got last week's show on this hour, <laughs> this week, and Brenda will be opening the lines and taking calls in the next hour. So, um, yeah. With the flow. Right now, we get to do uh, something very special is introduce you to a new member of the News for the Soul family. The show is the Empowered Priestess with Gretchen. So let's bring her on and start with her famous first question and start the show. Gretchen, welcome to News for the Soul. Oh, um, I can't hear you if you're talking. <laughs> Can you hear me? Okay, um, I cannot hear a thing. All right, I'm going to get you to call back in. I'll uh, send you a message. Everybody stand by. This happened yesterday when we first started as well. All right, stand by, and we'll uh, get her to redial in, and we'll start the show. begins its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com. Okay, let's try that again. I believe this happened yesterday in one of our shows as well. Uh, Gretchen, let's see if we can hear you now. And we can't. <laughs> having fun yet okay um here's what i'm going to do just stay on the board for a minute and i'm going to write this down and then i'm going to try to call up to you so don't move yet i just got the whole number in front of my face and uh everybody bear with us here we're going to get started in a couple of minutes one way or another <laughs> all right i'm going to call out to you now so i'm going to hang up your line if you can hear me at all hopefully you guys can hear me and uh, we'll dial out to Gretchen. We'll get started. Let's hear it one more time. So. News for the Soul begins its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com. Okay, we're out of the screening room now. All right, we did it. We connected. Gretchen's on the line. Welcome, Gretchen, finally, to News for the Soul. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Yes. Wonderful to finally make it on here. Um, the energy has been just kind of playing with us today. <laughs> All right, so here it is. Um, 
as I was mentioning, I don't know if you could hear my intros at all, but um, we'd like to start with our famous first question. And uh, it's because it's it's this place that kind of connects us together as a community and a movement that's now in, in its 27th year of the quest that we're on of trying to find out what's really real and what's really possible. So um, along the way, uh, one of the things that got me on that path was having a lot of experiences that were outside the quote-unquote 3D norm, you know, things that are supposedly impossible or, you know, just outside of <laughs> regular reality. And uh, then I found out, you know, on my as I started asking questions that a lot of people have these things most people have these things, and they get us, our, you know, our conscious path, uh, conscious awakening. They are often tie right in eventually to your life purpose. So I'm curious if you have, like, your earliest recollections of something outside the 3D norm in experience-wise, or, um, well, let's start with earliest first. Yes, actually, um, one of my most vivid memories from childhood was an out-of-body experience that I had when I was about four years old. Um, I woke up, was awakened one night, um, and felt my body be picked up and moved into another room in the house. And I could see myself still laying in bed, um, even though I was detached from my body. And it moved me very simply into my sister's room down the hall, and then I kind of was moved back. And as I turned around, uh, when I got back to my, my bedroom, I turned around and I could see what, the only way I can describe it would be a being of light was assisting me. And when I Ooh. turned around to see it, it just kind of disappeared like a wisp of, smo of smoke. And I was standing in the middle of my bedroom. I remember my, my little girl self thinking, what was that? You know, <laughs> what just yeah. happened? And uh, I remember vividly my sister was still in bed snoring and, you know, I could see the lamp from the hallway and it's like reality just kind of popped back in. And I never told anybody about that because my parents were of that ilk that that would have been in my imagination or I must have been sleepwalking. Yeah. But it was a really vivid experience and probably one of the most wow. vivid experiences that I had from that age, you know, being so young. And so years later, I felt that that was just trying to show me that I was able to travel dimensionally, that I was able to travel outside of my body. Wow, that's really cool. Um, but it, it moved you. you. It wasn't like a, a self-driven out-of-body experience. It, it picked you up out of it? It felt like my body was picked up, even though when I turned around, I could still see it laying in bed, and yeah. I was kind of discar—I was discarnate, you know, I was just kind of floating in the air, um, and I felt like this light being was showing me, this is what you do, you know, this is how you move outside of your body, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a very um, vivid experience that I will always remember. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. It's, it's you know, I had a lot of experiences like that when I was that age, two to three, two to four years old, um, with light at night. I used to get a light right behind my head, and I would turn my head to try to see where the light was coming from in the dark room, you know, at night. And um, right. it would move with the head. There was always at the crown area of my head. I could never see where it was coming from. But, the, yeah, that light being um, thing was prominent for me as well. Wow. 
That's really cool. Wow. This is why yeah, we need was... to ask this question more. You know, it's, it's amazing. We need to get back. <laughs> I mean, and right. the fact that it's still vivid right. for you today, that's powerful as well. Like, same with me. All of the, the stuff that happened are like, you know, like, like it was yesterday. Because it's so unusual. Yes, yes. Yes. And I remember not feeling scared or just, you know, really just going with yeah. it. You know, I felt like, oh, okay, somebody's picking me up. You know, I wasn't really thinking about that at that time. Um, and then when, of course, when I was trying to figure out what was moving me, it was just this beautiful ray of light that uh, kind of flashed out like a, like a wisp of smoke. It was very interesting. So, yeah, it was, um, and it, it felt so was loving. Like- you know, I remember. Oh, good. Yeah. A human shape of, of light or was there, was there any shape? No, I remember feeling some pressure on my body as I must have been at that moment leaving my body and being kind of held, but I don't recall seeing anything. And that's what, that's what really mystified me at that age. I was trying to turn around seeing who's holding me, you know, what's going on and really just seeing light enveloping me and feeling like I was being carried in that light uh, from, from one room to the next. So it was, it was really a beautiful experience. I had a lot of them too, where it was light things, things of light, and it was, it always felt like it was um, there to comfort me and help me in some way. It, mm-hmm. it was, I always, my go-to thing was always, you know, no, wait, that's not normal, and then go into fear after. <laughs> but you know, you can get the real sense in the moments of the energy of the intention of being good, right? Exactly. Yeah, there there was never a, a moment of fear or uh, distress at all. I felt very protected and safe, and it was very gentle. You know, it wasn't like something just pulled me out of my body. It was very gentle, kind of an easing out of my body, and then being held um, and physically moved. Though that was that was you know something mm. that was very strange, but um, very powerful too. When you were being taken out of your body, was there any sensation of like any other uh, sounds or anything that go to go along with the leaving the body moment? Um, no, but I did feel what I recall from that those moments was that I it was like almost as if uh, there was no sound, like I couldn't hear for a few moments. Oh. Um, as if all sound had ceased. It was very strange. I remember thinking that's, that's kind of odd, but it all happened within, I would say, just a few minutes. It was a very quick experience. It wasn't something that lasted all night or anything like that. Um, and I was moved rather quickly from, from one room into the hallway, down the hall into my sister's bedroom. And um, I remember I was just kind of hovering there next to their bed watching them sleep and then the next thing I know, I was moving out down the hallway again back into my bedroom. And um, just, yeah, it just felt like it was a very quick experience. Um, but for those moments, I couldn't hear anything. It was um, almost as if I was deaf temporarily. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Um, I love that the first question stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> anything else when you were younger that you recall? Anything else like that? 
Uh, I have a lot of experiences where I would talk to nature and nature would talk back to me. Uh, nature was my go-to. I was raised in a very big family where as a result there was a lot of kids and a lot of stress going on in the house kind of continuously with my parents and all of the, mm -hmm. um, the power struggles that happened with kids and teenagers. And so nature was always my go-to and I would find myself outside. That's how I would kind of pull myself away from it, not realizing as a child that I was empathic and that I was really, you know, really affected by all that strong energy in the household. Um, and I had a couple of trees that I would connect with that were my friends that I felt would talk back to me and listen to my conversations and uh, I could sense energy from them. Um, so that was, that's always been a strong thing for me my whole life. I'm still friends with trees. Um, and years later, I, yes, Years later, I was in a uh, ceremony outdoors one evening. I think it was a full moon. And um, a friend of mine came up to me later. We, one, of the, one of the things in the ceremony was to attune with nature and to attune with this particular guardian tree that my friend had in their backyard. It was over 100 years old. And uh, I remember attuning with this tree and having a very strong visceral experience with it and feeling a lot of energy and a lot of love coming from this tree uh, while I was touching its uh, trunk and its roots uh, that were coming out of the ground. And my friend who was hosting the event told me later, did you know that your body was glowing? You were glowing this this wow. like beautiful white color. I could see it coming off your hands and going into the tree and I could see the tree energy coming into your body and I thought, no, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that happening. But I said, I've always had that connection with trees. And he said, I could, I could see it. it. It was dark outside. I could see you were glowing. And so I realized then that this was really just a part of who I was. It was nothing to be afraid of or to shy away from. Um, so I've always had a very strong connection with nature. And I bring a lot of nature into my work. In fact, I will often... Uh, have sessions for clients outdoors just to help reduce that that form formality feeling of being in an office or um, uh, you know someplace that's formal and I find that it really helps people kind of drop into a deeper level with themselves and so nature has always been just a wonderful friend and blessing to me and I feel very close to the the nature spirits and the nature devas and uh, it's always been such a big part of my life. Wow. So what did that what did that feel like when you were younger and you were connecting? Because uh, a lot of people don't have any frame of reference for that. You know, a lot of us are very disconnected from <laughs> Earth and you know nature and everything. Um, so when you were being, you know, you had friends that were trees. What did that feel like? Mm -hmm. um, to me, it felt, uh, again, very loving. Uh, I would get kind of a body buzz from it where I would be tingling and I could feel that energy. If I would touch the tree or sat up against the tree, I would often sit on the ground, you know, being a little ground and lean up against the tree. Um, I would also hug trees if they were small enough that I could get my little arms around them. <laughs> um, but I could Aww. feel it in my body. It always, it always uh, well, now I would refer to it as raising my vibration. But as a child, I just remember it was just tingly and kind of happy feeling. You know, I, I remember always wanting to go back outside and do it again. You know, that time of evening where your parents call you back inside because it's getting dark. <laughs> I always wanted to stay out and be with my tree friends. And on some level, I felt like I had a better relationship with nature at different times in my childhood than I did, 
you know, with, with some of my friends. I was kind of an odd child, mm-hmm. and I think um, people picked up on that pretty early. I was kind of a weird kid, and um, <laughs> I had a couple of close friends, but I didn't have a huge array of friends uh, that understood me. And um, most of my friends at that, you know, growing up in, in through school and through high school, uh, I think a lot of people just kind of knew me as that kind of odd kid. But I had some friends that were equally as odd. <laughs> so that was always a good support system. Um, but for the, the physical, I would say it was really just a tingling sensation for me. And it was uh, like a re like reaffirming that I did have this connection. It, it never, it was almost like I would go out to see the trees again and it was like, oh, you're back, you know, you're here again. How wonderful. And um, it, it was always just a, a wonderful way to decompress, to shift my energy if I was feeling stressed out. And it was, uh, yeah, it was just a great way to relax and to kind of get back to my real self as a kid, you know, being bombarded by energy in the house or arguments or stress or strain from my siblings and my parents. It it just felt like a very peaceful place to be was out in nature and safe. I always felt safe in nature. didn't matter if I had bugs crawling on me. You know, I knew they were my friends too, so. <laughs> wow. So when you got older, when did you start, uh, you know, tuning into like maybe uh, these experiences in uh, later in life that, and how did that lead you to what you do? Right. So when I was 18, I went through some very traumatic experiences for a young woman. And I think it was about that time where life was showing me these extremes of what I want and what I don't want. And, you know, people are not always nice. And I was getting kind of those lessons um, as as a young teenager that, you know, life isn't always easy and there are bad people out there that may hurt you. And so at that point, I started to make some changes in my life. I moved away from my family home and I kind of grew up on my own and I ended up meeting a bunch of people that were really into like earth and ceremonies and practicing some of what we would refer to as the old ways and they were very accommodating they were really welcoming and they helped show me that I had a lot of natural gifts that had probably never been recognized and so I finally felt like I was among people that were accepting and embracing of me and my oddness and my weirdness. <laughs> and uh, because of that, I felt very protected and safe. And that's where I began to understand myself on a different level. I began to understand that I was a divine being, just like everyone is. You know, everyone, I believe, is magnificent. And I think that it, it took a while for me to really own that I am unique and magnificent as well. And these people really helped with that. They helped me understand um, that I could express myself safely, that I could talk about these kind of odd and weird topics and they wouldn't shy away from me. And it's where I learned that I was an empath. I I began to really understand what that word meant as an empath and uh, really felt held and supported by this group of people, many of who are still long-term friends of mine. I mean, we're talking, you know, 35 years ago when I met these people. So um, they were wonderful. They helped me understand that being part of nature is actually part of who we are. You know, we are living in this third dimensional, this 3D existence, essentially, as a human on this planet, we're meant to have these experiences. We're meant to be interacting with nature. We're meant to have these special gifts. We don't all awaken to them in our lifetime, and that's fine. 
but for me, it was a big time of awakening um, in my early, like late teens, early 20s um, is when I really felt like I started to awaken to my own spiritual nature and really awaken to a, a world that's much larger than, than what we see in our physical world. Wow. So um, what did you do? Uh, does it all come natural to you? Was it through community or did you do trainings in certain areas? Um, a lot of the nature connections has always felt very natural to me, but I have trained in a lot of different modalities over the last 30 years. Um, I became ordained through the spiritual community that I was part of. Uh, I'm considered to be a priestess, which is equivalent to like a minister. Um, and so I've been helping guide other women and men essentially for about the last 30 years to help activate their own natural gifts. Um, I wanted to return essentially the favor that I had been given, the blessings that I had been given in the spiritual community to people outside of my community. I wanted to show people just how amazing they were, how magnificent they are, and how beautiful they are, and how we each carry that beautiful divine spark within us. You know, we really have that within us, but so much of life likes to dim our light, you know, that internal light that we each have. So much of life, the trauma we experience, the loss, the grief, the sadness, all of those heavy, heavy feelings um, can often dim that light. It makes us feel less than. It makes us feel less worthy, less valuable. And I wanted people to see just how amazing they are. So I started to train in things that I felt would help would help people and not only help myself because my, my journey is continuing. You know, I'm still healing. I'm still on my journey. I, that journey will never be done until I pass. And so I feel like alongside of that, I wanted people to walk with. I wanted people to walk um, alongside me that could also be on those journeys and come to understand their, their beautiful latent gifts and help awaken to that magnificence that's in them. Wow. So how do you, um, where do you start with somebody who's, who's disconnected and unplugged? Right. So we, we generally start with, um, you know, how they feel about it. Let's start with the feelings. Let's start with how you feel about that. You know, do you feel that you have special gifts within you, that you have gifts that need to be activated? And a lot of times people don't necessarily see it as that. They may not have the ability to articulate that and so we kind of talk about that talk about what that means to have these spiritual gifts and it might be um, your clear senses you know it might be clairvoyance or clear audience or clear sentience and so on it might be that you have uh, an inordinate amount of compassion and love to give to people it may be that you're very sensitive and very intuitive and so we just kind of talk about that and figure out where their connection point is. And I always encourage people to get out in nature because that's really important is to get out in nature. And I've worked with many people over the years who have a big fear of nature. You know, they don't, they're not, they'll say, mm -hmm. I'm not an outdoorsy person. You know, I don't do outdoors. And I have friends that live in the city that feel over the years that they have gotten more disconnected from that. So I encourage people, even if you live in the city, if you live in a high rise, you could still open your window and look outside. You can look up to the sky. You can find a tree down below. You can see a bird flying by. These are little connective points that you can build on. And I always encourage people, if you have time, go to your dog park. You know, go, go to a park in your city. If you live in the country, go outdoors. You know, spend time, five minutes every day, and slowly build on that time each day. 
so that you are adding a couple minutes each day and you're getting more comfortable with being in nature as your connected point. And all the people that are willing to try that that I've worked with have found that there is an amazing sense of calm, serenity, out in nature that's accessible to them. And what they love about it is that it's free. You know, nature's there for us. It's free. And we can have those connections. Um, and it's so funny, my girlfriend says, well, when I can't get out of my apartment, um, I'll watch a nature documentary on TV now. She said, I never used to be interested in that kind of stuff. And now I'm looking at that kind of, you know, that kind of documentary and, and finding the amazement, how amazing nature is. So that's usually one of the first places we start um, after we have, you know, a good conversation about what they would like to accomplish. And I think that's really important is, is to just keep coming back to those things that we know. You know, did you like playing outside as a child? Yes, I love playing outside as a child. Okay, well, find some things to do outside. Maybe that's walking your dog. Maybe that's going to the park. Maybe that's going to um, a botanical garden. You know, some place that you can really experience the beauty of nature. You don't have to go out in the winter time and freeze your butt off and worry about that kind of stuff. Go out when it's beautiful. Go to the botanical garden when it's in full bloom. That's how you're really going to see just the amazing beauty of nature. But also be okay embracing the seasons. So if it's winter time, spend five minutes outside. You don't have to spend an hour outside freezing. But there may be something that catches your eye or draws you in that is just exquisitely beautiful. And it kind of reaffirms just how much we are part of nature. I mean, we get a lot of our food from nature. You know, we, we um, you know, have to you know, go on vacation from time, we don't have to, but we go on vacation from time to time, watch a sunrise, watch a sunset, even if it's just from your window. These are the ways that you can connect with that larger world that's just outside. So um, what's, what's the kind of examples of the end goals of um, how tuned in can people get? I mean, what kind of gifts are we talking about here? <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, it varies from person to person, of course, because everyone's so unique. But generally, most people find that when they are able to activate some of their latent gifts, a lot of it is really um, just embracing how intuitive they are. Um, I, I work right now primarily with women. I do work with men, but it seems that more women are interested in this, this level of work. And what I'm finding with these women is they're able to kind of redirect their whole life. You know, they really start to trust those things that they're feeling, they're sensing, um, that may be having visions of, they may be dreaming about at night. Those are the kinds of things that are going to be your way in to understanding what gifts you have and the extent of those. And for me, like I always tell them, don't expect there to be an end point. You know, we're always growing. We're always evolving. And if our intent is always set on growing more and evolving more in positive ways, then that journey can continue and there doesn't have to be an end point. So what I do is I help these people get launched essentially. I help them activate and get launched into their gifts and then we're generally done at that point because I, they don't need me anymore. They 
go on to learn more about their intuition just through trusting it, uh, connecting with their spirit guides. I help people connect with their spirit guides and know that they have a support system. Some people primarily work with angels. Some people primarily work with just beings of light. Some people work with extraterrestrials. It's really what's up to you as an individual and what's perfect for your particular evolution in this life. So I always like to see it as we're, we're not here looking for an end product. We're here just to continually awaken and activate more and more as we move forward in life. So what kind of things have you seen people um, specifically accomplish? Um, well, um, I know that there have been a handful of women that I've worked with in the last few years, especially since the pandemic started, that are finding they have changed their whole trajectory of life. You know, they've been stuck maybe in a job they weren't happy with. They may have had an unhappy home life. So a couple of these women have actually moved on. They have left their partners. That's not something that I impress or recommend, essentially, but they found that that was the best thing for their particular evolution in life. And as a result, their partner is happier. You know, they have made a clean break. Other women have left their 20-some-year careers to start their own business, their own spiritual business. Um, a couple of them have gone on to be psychic mediums and really embraced their gifts because all their life they were told, this isn't happening, this is, this is an illusion, you need to see a mental health therapist or whatever. They've been told they've been crazy all their lives. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding is that that's not true. These people are going on to have very uh, loving, compassionate, sustaining lives that, that they're very happy with, lives that they adore is how we often refer to it. You know, you want to have a life that you adore, that you thrive in, and that's vibrant for you, that is giving and loving and is supporting you and nurturing you and nourishing you. So those are the kinds of, those are the kinds of end goals that we're essentially looking for is, you know, how much more can I bring to my life? How much more can I activate? Um, is there more for me? And what it's done is it's led them down a different path. It may not always be an easy path because we have to confront all of those limitations within us that are keeping us from being that magnificent being that we're truly meant to be. Some people, it's just a matter of finding their soul purpose. You know, what am I meant to do in this life? What am I meant to be? Who am I supposed to be when I grow up, you know? And I have women in their 50s and 60s finding this stuff out for the first time. And it's amazing to see them grow and blossom more into that and let go of so many things that are not serving them anymore, you know, that are, they really needed to let go. And they're in completely different phases of their life and living what I would call their best life. What are some of the most, um, we talked about those beyond 3D norm experiences when you were younger. What have, uh, have, like, your clients, what have you seen them experience along those lines? Uh, For, I think of one in particular that's gone on to become a psychic medium. She is now piecing together those things that she's been experiencing since childhood that she was told by her parents, by her teachers, by relatives that were not happening. They kept telling her, you just have a vivid imagination. This is not happening to you. So for her, she had to actually go through a lot of deprogramming um, and a lot of shadow work to get through all of those things that have been limiting her and essentially holding her back. And now she's working in her own private practice as a psychic medium, and she sees clients, and she's been helping them 
um, have closure with loved ones. She's been helping them also open more to their intuition. Um, and she's, she's living a life that she said she never thought she could even dream of. You know, this is something that's giving her not only geographic freedom, meaning she can travel and do this kind of work, or she can move around the world. She doesn't have to be situated in one place in a formal office. This is something that she can do online as she works with clients. It's afforded her the ability to travel the world and have a lot more uh, personal sovereignty, a lot more personal freedom, and be in charge of her life. And Psychically, she has opened up more. She realizes now she has a whole team of guides that she works with. She has a specific guide group that she works with that helps her connect with people who have passed on so that she can help her clients. And she said the more that she has worked with that in the last couple years, the more that she is visibly seeing them now. She's not just sensing them when she goes into meditation or goes to talk with her guide. She's actually having visions now where she's seeing those kinds of things play out ahead of her. So her intuition is sharpening. Her clear senses are sharpening as a result of practicing and using her abilities that have been God-given, you know, her natural abilities that were given to her as a blessing she's fully embracing. And she's 62, which is lovely because when she started this, she was 58. She had really no idea because there was such an amazing block on her natural gifts such an amazing block that it took a lot of deprogramming in our sessions. We spent probably the first six, eight sessions just working on that, just working on dismantling all those things that, that, you know, the average lifetime likes to tell us is, you know, this is your imagination, you're losing your mind, you must be going crazy, go see a therapist. And she lost friends, she lost family members. But at some point, we realized that as much as those were friends, they had a purpose in our life, our family has a purpose in life, that isn't all our life. We don't have to understand ourselves through them. We only need to understand ourselves through us and through our connection with divinity. And she realized she was at that age, 58, where she needed to start letting some of that go, even if it meant losing some friends who didn't understand her and still thought she was crazy, even if it meant maybe feeling estranged from some of her family members who didn't believe in what she was doing and felt she was doing the devil's work. Um, she understood and she can come to a place now of acceptance that that's just part and parcel for what she needs to do to move forward in life. What about yourself as you, uh, you know, once you were, starting to learn and experience, you found your tribe, you know, what kind of um, beyond 3D norm things did you start experiencing? Well, there's one that sticks out in my head. I was in my early 20s. Um, We were having a ceremony here. Uh, We were celebrating. And after the ceremony, um, we had a bonfire outside. We like to do a lot of our ceremonies outside. And Um, People were just kind of talking and laughing, and I think some people were singing and playing some instruments. You know, we were acting like a bunch of hippies. Um, (laughs) And my my friend disappeared from the circle, and... Just be a concerned hostess. I, I went to look for her, and some people like to go off and do some night hikes. Um, where I live is a big piece of land. We're very fortunate and blessed to rent a house on a big, beautiful piece of land where you can do that. Um, but I found her. She was in my outhouse. Um, and uh, yes, we do live very rustically. Um, so she was in my outhouse, and I found her on the floor of my outhouse, laying in a fetal position, and. 
I can't even begin to tell you the shock that went through me like a like a bolt of lightning that went through me in that moment. I thought, oh my God, what happened? And so when I went to go into the outhouse to check on her, I realized, this is the strangest thing, I could see her energy body hovering over her. And it was shocking to me. That was the first time I had ever experienced anything like that in my early 20s. And I'm very open-minded at this point in my life. And I've done some personal work on myself. And I was learning more and more about my natural gifts, which, you know, again, it's still a discovery process for me. But as I was watching this, it was as if there was a part of me, instead of panicking and calling and shouting for help, there was a part of me that said, just stay, just stay with us. And I felt kind of my, my, I want to say like my reality of who I am, my reality of Gretchen just kind of moved aside. So everything I knew that was me just kind of stepped aside and this very strong woman just came through me, just very strong. And I kneeled down next to her to make sure she was still breathing. She was fine. And here is this crackling energy body kind of above her body. And I could see where her energy body was trying to come and meet up with her again. So I came, I kneeled down beside her in my outhouse and I put my hand on the back, on her back, the middle of her back, which um, is often referred to the back of the heart chakra. We, you know, the, the chakras move through our body in different ways. And this goes from front to back, the heart in particular. Um, and I just held my hand there. And the strangest feeling of energy pushing against my hand, like something was trying to pull energy out of the middle of her back. And I don't know how I knew to do this, but I just placed my hand over the center in the middle of her back and I pressed hard. And I remember immediately starting to speak words that were coming to me. Something just kind of verbally came to me and I started to say it aloud. And all I can say is it was a language I didn't know. (laughs) It was uh, just feeling like it was being channeled through me. And I started to speak these words to her, and I noticed that her energy was calming down. Um, I had asked a couple times at this point, are you okay? What can I do for you? And she just, she couldn't really articulate what was going on. And she was conscious, but her eyes were closed, and I could tell just, her soul was struggling, you know, her, her body was struggling, she was struggling. And I felt the more that this energy was pushing in reverse against my hand, trying to push through my hand and come out of her back, the more I just lovingly set my intent and pushed back. And I began to sing and I began to chant these words that I, I didn't know what I was saying, um, but it felt right. And again, a part of me, my observer part, was kind of standing back and saying, just stay with us, you know, just, just do it. And after a while, she began to calm down. The more I was singing and chanting to her, she calmed down. And I was able to get some information from her what was going on. And she said, I feel like there is this male that it's like an entity that is trying to attach to me and I feel like it wants my energy. It's trying to drain me of my energy right now. And so I, you know, again, there's that observer part of me that's like, is this really happening? What's going on? You know, why are you doing this? How do you know to do this? And all of these thoughts are running through my head and it's kind of in this corner of my mind. And I heard the words, do not fear. You have done this before. Continue. And it was very strong, it was very soft and loving, this voice, 
And I don't know where it came from. Um, in fact, my friends often refer to the story now as the goddess in my outhouse. I, it's all I can say is it felt like a very strong <laughs> female figure, um, like a very strong female entity that was very positive and full of light and full of love and compassion, but very strong, almost like a warrior aspect that was encouraging me to continue. And so I kept pushing light, what I would say was light, um, from my own self, my own body, and from the energy that was just around us, I kept um, pushing light back into her body. I, at one point, had a hand on her back, and I had a hand on the front of her on her heart, and was holding her like that in my arms, and um, she just began to kind of tell me bits and pieces. The more that she became more lucid, she began to tell me more about how she had felt something kind of strange um, going on with her. She had a lot of discomfort and pain in her intestines, so she went to the outhouse thinking, you know, she had to do her business. But then she collapsed, and, and that's about the time that I came upon her in the outhouse. And she was really terrified. You know, at first she couldn't even articulate what was going on, um, but she said that she felt something had invaded her energy field. And so I just kept repeating this process. I was trusting how I was being guided. I just allowed it to happen, and I felt like I was meant to be here in that moment. And she said, I don't think anybody else – she told me this later. She said, I don't think anybody else could have helped me. She said, I think you were meant to be there in that moment. And, you know, my friends and my family are that where my husband came out finally, it was like two hours later, and he's like, what is going on with you people? Why are you in the outhouse, you know? And, of course, I, I couldn't, didn't want to, I didn't want to indulge everybody, you know, divulge what had happened to everybody, but now knowing full well that there were people there that would never have understood. Um, but I did share it with my husband, and, uh, of course, my friend also shared it with him later on. She ended up staying at our house that night. We were terrified to let her drive home on her own that night because it was a very intense experience, and she collapsed on my couch and didn't wake up until the next morning um, but it was really interesting and I felt at that time after and also after talking to some people that were very open-minded they said that's very shamanic work that you did you know I felt like you probably were led by that you know by something and um, I said I felt like the goddess was with me I felt like the divine feminine energy of the universe was with me at that time she was helping me she was showing me exactly what I needed to do and because my presence was very strong there and I'm somebody that works a lot with the light I felt like that entity just could not stay attached to my friend it was trying <laughs> and she said that wow. later on that she she had recalled this actually had happened a couple other times in her life where she felt this energy or this what she referred to as this dark male entity had tried to attach to her at different occasions um, but this is the first time that it had ever really gotten a hold of her and was trying to like push her energy body out of her body so it could take over and she she knew you know this was a very scary thing and as far as I know nothing like that has ever happened to her since um, we both kind of felt like we were being tested by the universe I guess <laughs> um, and this entity knew that it better stay away from her because she was too strong for it and um, so I think it was taking advantage of her was giving her some physical symptoms I guess you could say that was weakening her and weakening her resolve um, and then we of course we were able to just keep pushing light back into her saying loving things, calling on the angels, calling on her spirit guides, calling on the goddesses, the strong divine feminine energies. And so that's, that was the experience. And it's, again, very strong 
experience for me, and it was a learning, um, one of those experiences where I learned so much about my own capabilities and, and really what I was meant to do in helping people. Wow. That's quite the experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> just keeping one eyeball on the time here as we go, we've got to uh, cover a couple more things, um, including some shameless self-promotion at the top, which is our tradition here. Um, but uh, let's talk about future shows. What do you perceive doing on future shows? Right. So I am uh, trained in about 12 different modalities. And so what I like to do with Empowered Priestess is really to start the discussion and um, help people understand more about their activating their natural gifts. Um, I believe that we all have spiritual gifts. I believe that we all um, maybe not meant to activate them in this lifetime, but we, we can if that's something we choose to do. And so I see future episodes really discussing how to activate our gifts, how to understand ourselves through different modalities, how to really help us understand what our life purpose is, how we're each here to bring more light to the world, and how we each have an important job to bring that light to the world. In whatever way we may choose to do that, we might choose to do that as being a parent. We may choose to do that as being a business owner. We may choose to do that in churches or, or temples or wherever we find ourselves. It's really about owning the things that God has given you and to be able to bring that more fully out into the world. Beautiful. Did you want to um, uh, describe the, the 12 modalities briefly? Um, sure. So I am trained as an advanced crystal healing practitioner. Um, I also am trained as a chakra healing practitioner. I am an Akashic Records reader, um, so I can read uh, and help people go to the Akashic Records, although I prefer to really teach them how to do that because I feel that's a very personal experience. I'm also trained to do ancestral healing um, where we can let go of some of the ancestral inheritance that we've carried through um, from our, our parents and their parents and their parents and on back. Um, I work with emotional freedom techniques. I'm also certified as a therapeutic art coach, and so I help people touch into things that they can't articulate through therapeutic art. Um, I work a lot with guided meditation. I love creating guided meditations. I actually create uh, tailored ones for people if they're working with something specific or would like to get more in touch with their guides or more in touch with their ancestors. Um, I also am a certified and registered holistic health practitioner and metaphysician. I'm also a holistic uh, coach, a life coach, and energy healer. I'm a Reiki master practitioner and teacher. Um, and it, it just goes on and on. <laughs> There's lots of things that I'm trained to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I think at one point I became a perpetual student, um, and I can say this honestly mm. as a way to avoid some of the heavier traumatic stuff that's happened to me in my life, and then at some point I realized that was not very balanced. And so years ago I kind of came, you know, brought my head up above, you know, the table there above the desk and realized that I needed to start stop learning so much and learn it, learn how to use it out in the world. And that's what I really started to do was use what I knew. I'm thinking, what am I learning all this for? Am I learning it just for myself or am I truly learning it to help other people? And that's essentially what I love to do is just help other people and help them understand, like I said, how magnificent they are. Mm, beautiful. Well, and then, you know, the times we're in now, it's such a different uh, 
different uh, world in the last few years, and a lot of us are feeling very called upon to <laughs> step up more and more. Um, so on that note, we've just got a few minutes for a specific kind of a shameless self-promotion. If you have any specific programs or things happening that you're offering, so tell us all about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I offer a program uh, that is about activating your spiritual gifts. So I work with people one-on-one for that. And I'm actually getting ready to design an online, live online class for that because that seems to be more of where I'm called to work is with groups online. And people are finding that that's easier. They want to have some they want to be able to be with people of a like mind and something that's live online so they can connect with other people that are also activating their spiritual gifts. Um, I also work with uh, something that I call soul alchemy uh, or spiral soul alchemy, which is really about working with your shadow side and breaking through your limitations and activating more of your latent gifts that you have within you. Uh, I also work with uh, Ancestral Healing. I have a very powerful program that's relatively new that's about ancestral healing. And this is, this is uh, something that's becoming more and more of a buzzword uh, right now. It's based on epigenetics. And there's more, a lot more science, I could say, behind that. It's more evidence-based. Um, and so it's really about breaking through the bonds and the limitations that we've inherited from our ancestors. Um, you might be familiar with the term, you know, that's how my parents raised me, or that's how my parents were raised, so that's how they raised me. Well, with that comes a lot of trauma and a lot of repeating um, of things that maybe are not the truth or not good to keep carrying on. A family that, uh, a child that's raised in a family um, to believe that all people that are wealthy are crooks may carry that on with them into their adult life and then have a lot of difficulty in um, having financial solvency where they can feel like they have a lot of financial freedom to be able to pay for the things that they need in life and not realizing that part of that is because they're still carrying that wound of all people that have money are crooks. And so that's just an example of how we work with that and we can break through that and we actually not only heal our bloodline, um, seven generations back, which is what epigenetics is teaching us, but we also heal it seven generations moving forward. So in those kind of things, we want to heal the, in, the inherited ancestral wounds, the trauma, those beliefs, and things like that. So we identify them. We talk a lot about karma and our soul evolution. Um, and I also, also take them through an Akashic Records session, which helps a lot tap into some past lives. And you can also meet with ancestors in that realm and, and work further on that. And on that note, we're basically up at the top of the hour here. Um, just a reminder to listeners, we're going to reset the board in about two minutes, and you'll have to dial back in if you're calling in for the next show. Open lines is still happening, but it's at noon with Brenda instead of 11 because we had to move a bunch of stuff around because things have been crazy. <laughs> you know, the energy <laughs> has been so interesting in the last uh, weeks, well, weeks, I was going to say months, but in particular the last few weeks, it's um like just all over the place but it's been so great that we nailed down a time and got to know you and did your introduction interviews i'm really excited to see uh, what comes out of the future shows i'm looking forward to it thank you so much i am too yay you have been getting to know gretchen this hour and uh empowered priestess is the show uh, look for more on the schedule 
And we'll be back in about three minutes or so with the next show. And it is open lines. You can call in. Brenda is here today. She's just doing the next hour. In the meantime, um, it's all up at newsforthesoul.com. Actually, it's not all up because our website is being fixed, (laughs) migrated to a different server. So bear with us for the next couple of days. and It'll all be sorted out. And uh, that's it for now. Thanks, Gretchen. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, you too. News for the Soul begins its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com.